Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. It is. Uh, I feel like we're in the midst of revival. It looks different than anything I've ever read about. It really does. Like I would consider myself a student of revival. And this looks different than anything I've ever read about. And the revelation the Lord gave me this past year about revival is, is that every, re, every revival has ended over the course of the last, let's say, 250 years especially. It's, it's, it's ended because we were thinking only in the moment and in the sense that we weren't concerned about passing it on to the next generation. And, and, and we actually confused revival thinking it was a series of meetings when instead it's actually a lifestyle to be lived. And so we're believing that the reason why we're experiencing the things that we're experiencing is because we are trying to live a lifestyle. And it's not, we're not trying by striving. We're actually just trying by submitting to his spirit and allowing him to lead us and guide us and direct us. Is it me or do, is, is, is there pads on or am I just hearing things this morning? If I'm hearing it, then the Lord's doing something different. It's okay. Just leave it, buddy. So I'm just hearing something I've never heard before. So I don't know what to do, Lord. Uh, let, just, just open up to Isaiah 43. Jesus. Isaiah 43. Uh, We're in the midst of this move of the Lord. And, and this end of the year, this new year, it's, it is a time of reflection. It's, it's a time when people look back. It's, it's a time when we look forward. All, all these types of things. And uh, let, let's just look at this word and then we'll, well, this will make sense. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. A very familiar verse, probably. It says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in a wilderness, rivers in the desert. He says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now I, I say this, I say this, as, as we're at this Time in our church time, I guess, if you will. I mean, we're coming up on two years come January uh, 13th. And as we're coming up at this time of this just new year in general, 
um, we, we typically do one of two things. We, we look at what's happened and we look ahead at what's going to happen, okay? And, and I, I believe that when we, I think those are good things in of themselves. I just want to uh, give a little, I guess, uh, uh, language to this or a little guidance to this on how we can position ourselves for the Lord to use us, if you will. Because he wants to do new things. Most of the time when he wants to do something new, it's actually just something that's old that's new to us. <laughs> it's like, what's, what's the Lord doing? He, he came to seek and save that which was lost. He, 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 the new thing to us is that he's just restoring intimacy with the Lord. And from the get-go, that was his plan, but it's new. So, behold, I'm making all things new. Now, he is looking for people to partner with. That, that's hence the title, if you will. He's looking for people to partner with. Like the Lord's going to do what he wants to do no matter what, okay? He's sovereign. He's, he, he's all-powerful. He's almighty. And because he's all-powerful, because he's sovereign, because he's almighty, his plans will be accomplished. The, the, the thing is, is that I want to be involved in his plans. <laughs> like I'll be thankful if his plans come to fruition, but I'll be really thankful if I get to be part of those plans. And I'll be really thankful if my kids and grandkids could be part of those plans. Does that make sense? Like, uh, Catherine Kuhlman, probably, in my, my opinion, probably the greatest healing evangelist of the last 150 years. And, and yes, she's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You can look at her on YouTube, and, and she's just absolutely incredible, the things, how the Lord used her. And, and she said something like this, and, and I read this in her autobiography, and I, I believe it to be true. She had this call, and she had a difficult call, because a lot of times when you're called to do something that's not necessarily normal, that fits into what everyone else is doing, you're criticized for it. And, <clears throat> and the price is high, if you will, but she felt like the call in her life, the Lord actually asked three other people to have that call, and she was the first one to said yes to doing it. I believe she heard from the Lord, and so I just have to agree with that. Because the Lord still wants to do what he wants to do. Like what the Lord's doing here, I don't believe that, I don't necessarily know that this is what the Lord had specifically for Louisville. I just think the Lord was looking for a group of people to just say, yeah, we're going to make your presence the center of our church and the most important thing at our church or most important person at our church. I believe he wanted to do it other places. We're just learning to say yes. Now, we don't have the market cornered either on his presence, okay? But I believe that we said yes. And, and I believe that if we say no, he's, he's fine. You're probably not going to go to hell if you say no, but he's probably going to go to someone else and use them, and, and they're going to be fulfilled, and you're going to be miserable on the outside looking in. <laughs> All right. So he's looking for people to partner with to do new things. I still hear it, Jesus. He wants to do new things, and he will do new things, <laughs> and he's looking for people to partner with him. Like, how do you partner with one another? You simply just agree with what one person wants to do. Like, if Logan has a job, and I say, I want to partner with Logan to do this, it means that I'm going to agree with what you're doing, and I'm going to do whatever I can to make it come to fruition. And so we're saying, Lord, we agree with what you want to do on the earth, and we're going to do whatever we can to make it come to fruition, which realistically is 
Matthew 6.10, right? That, that, that is the Lord's prayer. That is, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the Lord's mission. And we're saying, Lord, we want to partner with you and we want to do whatever we can, whatever it costs, whatever we can to make it come to fruition. And, 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 and I'm just saying this, like, like you can go to church all of your life and, and you can serve in ministries and you can put money in the offering plate. You can do all these good, good things and you can spend an eternity with him in heaven after your body dies. That's wonderful. And, and, and I'm not faulting that. I'm not saying that's bad. I actually think it's a wonderful thing. But I want to partner with the Lord to see on earth as it is in heaven become a reality. <clears throat> and if I want to see it become a reality, I actually believe it's found in some of these verses this morning. And so how do we see or how do we partner with the Lord to see on earth as it is in heaven? This is, a really, this is going to be a very practical message this morning. Is, is number one. <laughs> we partner with the Lord by not dwelling on the past. You partner with the Lord by not dwelling on the past. He says, see or behold, I'm doing a new thing. Look at this. He says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder the past. It's really interesting to me. Um, when you look up this verse, when you look up the words, call to mind, it's three words, English, one word in Hebrew. It says, do not call to mind. It means, it means to cause to remember, but it actually means to replay over and over and over and over in your head. How many of us, if we're honest, how many of us, if we're honest, have had good or bad situations where we remember it over and over and over and over? over and over again. Yeah. Like, and, and while I think it's good on some things, but if we're honest, if we're not careful, that can come to our detriment, if you will. Like a bad thing, what happens, let's just make it real practical. If we cause to remember something bad that happened over and over and over and over and over again, what does it do? It cripples us in our past. That's why some folks can never move forward in their life. They can never enjoy the joy of the Lord or they never can enjoy his grace and his love and his mercy because they're, and I'm not downplaying something that happened in the past. Don't hear that. I'm not downplaying when you experience trauma or anything like that, but I am saying that if we're not careful, we remember that over and over and over and over and we never can move forward because we stay right there in that moment. And I want you to understand this too. The Lord doesn't cause bad trauma to happen, Okay. That's not on his resume. So when bad things happen, don't say, it must have been God's will. No, it's just we live in a fallen world. We, we know this. But don't, don't live there. Let's move forward. And moving forward doesn't mean that you don't. Oh, man. Some of us don't want to forget. And moving forward isn't necessarily forgetting. It's just not living right there. Okay. So he says, do not call to mind the former things, the things that happened previously. And then he says, or ponder the things of the past. Ponder means to study or to understand. What does that look like? It means like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? 
Does that make sense? Like we do stuff like that. Or, or <laughs> I shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? We say stuff like that. And, and so we start, well, if I'd have just done this, it would have ended up different. If I'd have just done that, it would have been different. Or, or why did this happen? Or, or, or why, why, why is it that, that there's been instances when, when like me, if I, I say, just myself, for example, there's been instances I walked in the hospital and laid hands on people and they got sick and they recovered. And then I walked in the hospital, laid hands on people, and then I did a funeral three days later. Like, why does that happen? I don't know. You drive yourself crazy thinking about those things. The Lord's saying, do not ponder those things. There's just some things that we're not going to understand. But I do know this, that he's good, and his love endures forever, and he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so nothing's going to change that. And so there's just some things where, like, I don't need to understand it. That's right. Like, it sounds like, and that, that, I tell you, that irks Western thought just about more than anything. Because we're people that want to understand the nuts and the bolts. We're the people that want to know all the answers. And, and there are sometimes you're going to call me up and you're going to say, why did this happen? And I'm going to say, I don't know. Jesus is still king. <laughs> I do know that, right? He's still good. I know that. Why did this happen? I don't know. We well, don't know. You mean your, all your Bible colleagues didn't teach you that? Nope, sure didn't. And I'm not even going to pretend like I know. <laughs> and it's okay. Some things it's okay, just say, I don't know. So I'm not going to ponder the past. Now, again, I'm not telling you to just wipe it out for whatever. I'm just saying the past is behind me, and I'm not going to live there. You want some people to, it's like this. <laughs> Probably not the best illustration, but I was thinking of Matthew McConaughey in Dazed and Confused. Like, here's a 30-year-old man living like he's 18. Some of y'all are like, oh my goodness, too many of you guys have seen that, so I'm going to pray for you. But uh, it's like a 40-year-old man wearing a letterman jacket, right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like reliving the glory days when you were a stud in high school, and now you're just a dud. Like, like it's like, why do we live that way? Hey, buddy. <laughs> I'm not going to live back there. <laughs> I'm going to live right now with hope and expectation what he's going to do tomorrow. <laughs> and if you wear your Letterman jacket, guys, I am sorry if I offended you, but come on. <laughs> oh. So we obsess over good or bad things. And if we don't move on, we'll never realize what he's doing right now. Yeah, you'll miss it. It's like my, and I butchered this line here before, but it's, it's no secret that, that we love the office. And one of the most profound lines in the entire series was at the very end of it. And a guy named Andy Dwyer, he, he, he says, I wish there was a, a way to know that we were in the good old days when we were in them. I cry every time I see that. It's the dumbest show ever. But I cry every time I hear that line because it's so significant. And if we're living back here, we'll never enjoy what he's doing right now. And what he's doing right now is the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. So we partner with the Lord, number two. We also partner with the Lord 
by anticipating his movement or by expecting his movement. We partner with him by that. It's like, like I, I show up here, and I'm like, I wonder if you're going to show up today. Like, that's not even a thought. It's like, what in the world are you going to do next? Like, that's what I expect. Like, it's like, and that's why sometimes we take long pauses because it's like, I don't want to miss what he wants to do because I expect that he's going to move, okay? I expect he's going to move. He says, behold, I will. Behold, I will do something new. <laughs> I will. So, I will is the, a declarative statement. It's, he doesn't say, I might. I possibly could. Or I might someday. He says, I will. In other words, you can take it to the bank. He says, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Not tomorrow, but now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? He says, behold. Behold means stop what you're doing and pay attention. <laughs> it means here, there, look. It means, hey, right here, behold. You need to listen. Behold, God will do something new. He's saying we need to pay attention. And, and we wonder if God is going to do something. And he's saying, no, I will. He's saying, I want to and I desire to. And, and, and he wants to do something new. And something new, it's this wonderful word. New means something fresh, something not seen before. That's why in the New Testament it says that he is, he, he is things that eye has not seen and ear has not heard for those that love him. He, he is preparing things for us that when we first see him, we're going to be like, oh my goodness, what is that? But it's so of the Lord. The word new, it means unprecedented and wonderful in character, which I actually think that's the definition of revival. It's unprecedented and it's pretty wonderful in character. That's what he wants to do. And he says, now it will spring forth. Now means now. <laughs> it means in this moment. And so if we're pondering the things of the past and we're obsessing over what happened yesterday, and it's like this. It's like we, we say stuff like this all the time in, in English, in, our, in American culture. We say, like, you know, the grass is, isn't always greener, right? Or, or, or hindsight's 2020, or, or we go make a move, and, and then we make the move, and things we think, oh, it was so much better where I was, but you forget that you were miserable when you were there in the first place, and you miss out on what's happening right now. He says, I'm going to do something new, and it's going to spring forth. <clears throat> I believe that the Lord in each and every person in this room and those that could not make it today, the Lord wants to spring forth something new. The Lord wants to surprise you folks this year. Some of you are going to end up, I'm just, I'm just going to say some of you are going to end up doing different jobs this year. Some of you are going to do jobs you never dreamt that you would ever do. Some of you are going to receive calls from the Lord this year. Some of you is going to do things that you're like, I never would have imagined myself doing in the first place. And it makes no logical sense on paper other than I heard the voice of the Lord and he told me to do it. And I'm going to do it because every time I take a step forward, something new springs forth. Yeah, <laughs> See, some of God's, now, now well, here's, here's the thought though. Some of us, like some of God's promises are generational, and so it's like a seed being planted. It takes time to germinate, right? 
It's like if, if I gardened, <laughs> if, I prefer just go to Kroger. <laughs> I'll get my hands dirty. I just, I just get what I need. Or I prefer to let Tim grow it and bring it to me. <laughs> oh. But if you plant a seed in the ground, ground, you'd be pretty silly to think, poof, it pops up right then and there, right? It doesn't happen that way. So sometimes it's promises. It takes time. It takes stewardship. It takes nurture. It takes patience. It takes prayer. It takes waiting. This is saying we're just going to bypass the, bypass the process of germination, and it's just going to be, boop, there it is, fruit. And the Lord says, now it springs forth. See, the new thing the Lord wants to do at River City is, is right now. The new thing the Lord wants to do in your life is right now. Some of you, you know the Lord wants to do something. Uh, let, me, let me be very direct for just a moment, okay? And I say this with a father's heart with love. Some of you, the Lord wants to do something new in your life, and you know exactly what it is, but you're terrified that he's going to fail you, or you're terrified what people are going to think, or you're scared to death that you're just going to fail. And it's not your reputation that's on the line. It's his. It is his. And so do not decide the Lord cannot do something new out of fear. But if you feel like he's speaking it to you, and, and I say if you feel like, like if, if, if he's confirming it in his word, and if he's confirming it in trusted voices around you that you know that hear the Lord, and if you're hearing it, if you're feeling it, if you're sensing it, I'm saying go for it this year. Just go for it. He wants to do something new. The new thing the Lord wants to do in our city is now. The new thing he wants to do in the nation is now. And I'm naive enough to think that this company of people in a dilapidated storefront where only half of our furnaces are working properly, right? I'm naive enough to believe that we can actually change the nation and that the Lord can use us to do something that's not just going to last for a few weeks or months, but will change the trajectory of our country. And like, that sounds so, that sounds silly saying it. Like, even as I say it, like, I feel it in me like, oh, I shouldn't say stuff like that because we're live. But I'm like, no, I actually do believe what the Lord's doing here is going to influence people. Okay. And what he's doing is influencing people. And what he's doing is actually making a greater impact than what's happening in this room. And I don't say this to brag. I say this because it's the truth. In the last week and a half, I've had nine phone calls from pastors around the country saying, what are you all doing? And I'm like, we're just honoring the presence of the Lord. We're trying to teach our people to stay hungry and be humble. And then we're just trying to say, if the Lord speaks, we're going to obey it. I mean, that's it. That's our strategy. That's our plan. So he's doing something. (laughs) Our pastor called me this week and said, hey, I need to take a week off. Can we just show your message from last week at church? I'm like, yeah, so they pulled up Facebook this morning and they're showing last Sunday's sermon on their big screen. 
Uh, it just sounds so silly to me. And, and it's like, I don't say it again. I don't say it to brag. I say that because the Lord's good and he's doing something special. Will we not perceive it? <laughs> he says, and, and by the way, he says, now it'll spring forth. Spring forth is this beautiful phrase. It means now I'll bring it to completion. So when the Lord promises something to you, you realize that it's just our job to agree with what he wants to do, and it's his job to bring it to completion. And the very thing is, he promises to bring it to completion. So if he's given you a promise and it hasn't came to pass yet, just keep germinating it. Like we said, just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But he's saying, now I'm going to bring it to completion. Now I'm going to cause it to grow. It's not our job to cause it to grow. It's our job to believe it's going to grow. <laughs> All right? He says, so now it'll spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? Will you not notice it? Will you not hear it? Will you not see it? It's, it's perception. Will you not perceive what's going on around you? You've heard me say this before. It never ceases to amaze me. Like when the Lord showed, and again, he's all places, all times, but his manifest presence comes walking into the room. It never ceases to amaze me how I can see someone fully engaged and, and either they got their hands up or hot tears streaming down their face or they're, sit, they're doing whatever they're doing when they're engaging the Lord, right? And then someone else to them is like, you know, like, when is this going to get over? My belly's rumbling. And, and, and just, I'm just like, he's moving. Will you not perceive it? That's what this is saying. Will you not notice what he's doing? And, and I think that, that we will fail to see the Lord move in our own lives if we fail to see him moving in the lives around us. Like if I can't celebrate the fact that, that someone else is on fire or the Lord answers a prayer, the Lord blesses them, I'm not going to recognize when the Lord's moving in my own life. I promise you that. You're not going to. You're going to be like, why are you doing that in my life? And the Lord's like, I am doing something in your life. It's actually new and it's actually different. It's for you. But if you would just perceive and honor what I'm doing in them, then you're going to recognize what I'm doing in you. Hmm. That's really good. In order to partner with the Lord, we need to be aware that he still moves and that he is moving. He's moving. This next one, point three, we partner with God by believing for the impossible. Like we talked, I preached and preached this until I feel like I preached it to death. He says, I will make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Again, I will. I will. I'll make a, I'll make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. A roadway in the, in the wilderness. Roadway in the wilderness. In the wilderness... The wilderness, there's, there's typically no provision and there's no path. So it's like you have no idea where you're going to go. You have no idea how you're going to take care of yourself. But he says, I'm going to make a road there. I'm going to make a way for you. Where the Lord is calling us and where the Lord is calling us, I feel like where the Lord's calling me, where the Lord's calling some of you guys, I actually think the Lord's calling all you guys, but it's neither here nor there. But, but when the Lord calls, he's calling us to places and to things that no one's ever done before. And, and we got to be okay with that if we want to 
for the Lord to continue to use us. And I said no one's ever done before. I, we need to be okay sticking out like a sore thumb. And it's not so that we draw attention to ourselves, it's so that we bring him honor and we bring glory. One of the things that we pray all the time, we pray all the time, is that we feel like our, the call in our life is to be, uh, what's the word, dear? What's the word? Pioneers. We're called to be pioneers. What did a pioneer do? They, they went where no one had ever went before, right? They saw things that no one ever else saw. They blazed the trail. They cleared a path. Why? So that the generations behind them could homestead and build a home and make comfortable and enjoy what their forefathers did. I believe our call is to help blaze a trail, if you will. And again, this is all, I'm just going to be really honest. I believe we are called to... I believe we are called specifically to steward a culture of revival. I believe, if you will, I believe, I believe the, new, the new thing the Lord's doing is actually old in the church of the Nazarene because we were a church founded in revival fire. And I believe that we are called to return to that, which actually happens to make us kind of look a little bit different than some. And that's okay because 10, 15 years from now, everyone else is going to be enjoying what we're starting to enjoy. And I'll say that, Eric, I say that, hear my heart, I'm saying this with the total fear of the Lord on me. We got to be willing to blaze a trail so that those after us do not have to fight the same battles. Like, listen, like, what, what are some of the battles that we fight on? The, like, some of the battles we fight on a regular basis, like, I can tell you some of the battles we fight on a regular basis in this church just by the way we respond to some of the songs. We sing about fear. So we did it today. And I don't mean this to be mean. I'm just saying these are things that the Lord's going to help us get past. We sing about fear. Everyone goes nuts. Why? Because we're full of fear. We sing about identity. I am loved by you. It's who I am. We go crazy. It's because that's what the Lord wants to establish in our hearts, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we sing about, what's the other one we do? We sing about mountains moving. And it's like we're trying to muster up the faith for the mountain to move. And the Lord doesn't want us to muster up the faith. The Lord wants us to live from a position where we just tell it to move. I'm not trying to make us feel bad. I'm saying these are things the Lord's going to establish in us so that our kids and our grandkids never have to battle some of those things. I mean, what, what, what would it look like for Michaela and Katie? What, what would it look like for, for, for Luke and Wyatt, right? What would it look like for, for the boy? What would it look like for our kids to never have to say, I wonder if God really loves me? What would it look like for them to say, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even, what, what's fear? I don't even relate to that. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about fear of like heights and I'm not talking about fear of touching hot things. Like, like those, that's good fear. I'm talking about, I'm scared to death to take a step of faith because the Lord's speaking to me. And I, I'm, praying our, I'm praying that we can get past these things so that they don't have to keep trying to overcome the same things. That way they can take it further than we've ever taken it. Does it make sense? Like, I, <laughs> I'm just like all over today. I'm, I'm like, like this, is just, this is just my heart. This is what we need to do. And so we're called to pioneer so they can homestead. And the only way that happens is if we really, really believe that nothing is impossible for God, that he really can make a path in the wilderness and that he really can make rivers spring up in the desert. 
What is that? What is that? Well, we know a desert. We lived in West Texas, Midland. There is no green in Midland, Texas. It's like 28 shades of brown. It's like, oh, spring is just a little brighter brown than fall's brown. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just brown and dirty and dusty. And the Lord says that he'll make rivers spring up in those places. What's, what's, what's a river springing forth? I believe prophetically this means that the Lord in places that are dry and hard and, and places that really just suck the life out of people, he actually is going to provide a source where we get nourishment from, which means that if we can get nourishment, others can come to us and draw and receive nourishment as well. Refreshing, if you will. It means that I can live in Louisville, Kentucky, or Shelbyville now, but I, we, we can live in this area, and it means that people can come here and they can receive from the waters that we're drinking from, and their life forever changes, even when it looks like everything's going to hell in a handbasket around us. He says, I'll make it spring up. I'll bring revival to the state of Kentucky, which I, I, just think, I just think is like the least likely place in the United States. I would say like Dallas, Texas, right? Or, or I, I, would think, I would think somewhere like that. Or I would think like, I don't know, Orlando, Florida. I would think like places where these great big churches are. But what would it look like if we actually believed we're starting a little old dirty storefront in Louisville, Kentucky, right? Yeah, I'm saying he wants to spring it forth. Yeah. <laughs> so we partner with God by allowing him also like piggybacking on believing for the impossible we partner with God by allowing him to make provision and direction he says I'll make a roadway in the wilderness again there's typically no paths there and he says I'll give you direction where there is no direction we partner with him by allowing him to refresh us, like we just said. If we're going to partner with him in doing a new thing, we must be willing not to know when or where the refreshing is going to come, but just believe it's already there. Yeah. That makes any sense, but it's true. So very practically, real quick, I just want to give a couple, and then like, I feel like this is like a Sunday school lesson. Really practically, what are some further ways where you can begin to partner with the Lord? If you're not going to dwell on the past, if you're going to believe he's doing a new thing, what are some things that you can do? Get in the word and then get the word into you. Get the word into you. Got to get it into you, man. Look, Jeremiah 31, 33. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I'll put my law within them and on their heart. I will write it. I'll put my law within them and on their heart. I will write it. He says, it, it, he's going to put his word within us. And I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Like I say stuff like this. It's not about, can I say this? It's, it's, you need to read your Bibles. You need to read your Bibles. And it's not about reading through in a year. I think that's a wonderful thing. It's not about reading two chapters a day. It's not about reading your favorite verse a day. It's about reading and communing with the Lord. It's about reading to the point where you're like, oh, that was for me. 
Sometimes that's a few minutes, and sometimes that's longer than a few minutes. It doesn't matter. I'm saying read and get in the Word and get in the Word and get in the Word. Lord's had me. I read Philippians for over three weeks straight, and then the Lord led me to First uh, Timothy. And I'm like, Lord, like I've, I've read First Timothy, but I've been in First Timothy now for 14 straight days, and just over and over and over. And I think what the Lord's doing is, is for me, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you He's doing it in my heart. He's not letting me move on until I start to become what I'm reading. Because that's the, that's the point of reading the Word of God. The point of reading your Bibles is not to read your Bible. i got to read my Bible today. No. I'm going to look at the face of God today. That's, that's what it is. That's, that's, that's what it is. It's looking at His face. It's hearing His voice. I want to hear from Him. It's not like, I don't, I don't wake up and go, well, I guess I'm going to spend time with April today. I'm going to give her my first 10, 15 minutes of the day or or I'll talk to her on my way to work today, and, and that'll be our time together. That's, that's, not, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. And I'll say that to make you feel guilty. I'm saying when you start to look at that thing, man, even if you don't, let me just debunk a myth. I don't understand what I'm reading. You may not right here, and that's okay. Read it anyway. Because there's something happening right here that's changing. Now, if you need help finding translations that's easy to understand, like, I'll give them to you all day long, right? But, but that's, I have no problem. I'm not like, I have two I really love. I love the NASB just because it's word for word, and I love the Passion Translation. Like, those are my two favorites right now. Now, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me what in the world it is. I'm just saying, just read it. But if you're like, I don't get what I'm reading, well, read anyway. Read anyway. And, and let me say this. If you're not getting what you're reading, I'm just going to say, like, maybe don't start off in Deuteronomy or Leviticus. <laughs> just start simple. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Just start there. Just start there. It's all important. It's all his word. But I'm just start, start something where you can understand. Get a revelation of who Jesus is. Okay? Commune with God. Like this year, I challenge you to begin to commune with God or, or fellowship with God. First, first John 1, 3 says, we have seen and heard and we proclaim to you also so that you may have fellowship with us, talking about the body of Christ, and indeed our fellowship was with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship, it means koinonia. It means, it means close association. It means a deep relationship with one another. It means living our life in such a way that we can't live our life without him. And so it's like, I don't, like I have my prayer time in the morning where I, I actually pray to the Lord. I have my designated time, right? But then all throughout the day, I'm talking to the Lord all day long. I'm communing with him and he's talking back. It's like, I'll be driving my car. I'm like, Lord, you're really good. I thank you for that. Or, or I, I, Lord, I don't know what to do in this. Can you help? Or, or <laughs> the, other day, the other day, I was giggling. And, and uh, I was giggling because I saw someone do something really funny. They were trying to pick up a trash can. And every time they went to pick it up, they kicked it. And it went a little bit further. And they kicked it and kicked it. it was, to me, it was funny. And I started giggling. And the Lord's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, we're talking. So I had to go and help him. <laughs> it's just what we do. You just talk and commune. And you're like, well, I, I can't, I don't know what to say. 
Just talk to him like you would talk to your spouse. Talk to him like you would talk to your spouse. And, and that's actually pretty biblical because you're the bride of Christ. Go lower this year. Consider others more esteemed than yourself. If we want to be first, we have to become last, right? What else? Just look. If we want to become strong, we've got to make ourselves weak. If we want to live, we have to die. Jesus came as a lowly servant not as a conquering king. If we want to partner with the Lord, the Lord isn't looking for people that can say, look at my strength. The Lord's looking for people that can say, how can I serve humanity? It's real simple. Like, I got convicted, like I, I, I used to. <laughs> when, when I'm with April, I take the first parking sp space I can find because she doesn't like driving around the parking lots. But when I'm with myself, I'll drive around 10 minutes looking for the closest parking space. <laughs> I got really convicted of it like two weeks ago. And so I've been taking the very furthest parking space away. I'm just like, just trying to be honest. I took the furthest parking space away at Kroger's. That's what I've been doing when I go grocery shopping. You know what I found? I talk with a lot more people when I'm walking across that parking lot. <laughs> Practically, I have a more of a chance to come across someone. I went and got us, I went and got us dinner the other night, something to cook. And I took the last spot. And someone actually asked me, why did you park back here? I'm like, really? <laughs> I said, because uh, I just like parking at the end. And they're like, no, why'd you do that? I was like, well, actually, because Jesus speaks sometimes, and, and he convicted me, and he said I needed to park back here so that someone else could have a better space. And then God prayed, bless him. So it's just really fun. It's just really fun. Go lower this year. Ask the Lord to make you more humble, okay? And not false humility, because that's actually just pride. All right, last point, promise. Let's put in the practice what we believe. <clears throat> like I've said this before, but one of the reasons why we've, I've never been a sermon series preacher until we came here. And I always felt the pressure that I needed to come up with something new, come up with something new, come up with something new. I needed, and this sounds like so superficial, but I'm telling you this is just the way a lot of churches are. I need to come up with something very profound to wow people so that they go away saying that was a good sermon or else they're not going to come back. Which is sin to think that way. Because they're going to come back if the Lord's here. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so... But one of the biggest problems is we say, teach me something new, teach me something new, teach me something new. And it's like, no, let's become the thing that we've heard first before we move on. And Matthew 10, 7 and 8, that's, that's my life verses, man. It says, and as you go, preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like we can tell people, God's near. 
Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. It's time to just live this stuff out, man. It's just time to live it out. It's time to live the gospel out. Colossians 2.6 says, hmm. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. As you've received him, walk in him. In other words, just live it out. Like we know, we know that we're supposed to be loving. So let's just be loving, right? Like we know we're supposed to be kind. Let's just be kind. We know we're supposed to be generous. So let's just be generous. I don't need any more, I don't need any more proof. I don't need any more proof. I don't need any more proof to believe that the Lord loves every single person I come across. I don't need anyone else to convince me of it. I don't need to read another Bible verse. I probably don't even need to hear another sermon to tell me I need to love my neighbor as I love myself because I believe it. What I need to do is I need the Holy Spirit to begin to fill me to such a degree that he empowers me to walk this stuff out. That's what he wants us to do. And, and I don't say that to browbeat us. I say that because the Lord is looking for people that just really, really believe this stuff. That really, really believe this stuff. Like the gospel's really simple. It's a simple but transforming message. He came to die and save sinners and restore that which was lost. And what was lost? That walking in intimacy with him. And then also in him restoring that which was lost where you get transformed. What was this? First Corinthians 2, 13 with unveiled faces, we're beholding him. And actually, because we behold him, we are transformed from glory to glory. It's about becoming more like him, not knowing more about him. It's becoming more like him. That's what's amazing. He made us in his image, which means we are image bearers. We have the honor of not just representing him. Dan Bohai says we get to represent Jesus to this culture by looking like him. I just makes me all kinds of excited. So we get this opportunity. But to live it out, we need to leave that behind. Okay? We need to leave that behind. That's it. Really simple. I'm not going to obsess about my past. I'm going to follow him moment by moment and then I'm going to look expectantly to the future. That's it, man. That's what God. That's not going to look all the same for each and every one of us because the Lord speaks very differently to all of us. But the heart and nature behind everything is going to be the same because it's his heart. That makes sense. Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.